Hello, welcome back to the Kate Languages podcast. This is episode three of season two of the podcast, which is a little mini series I'm doing on lesson planning 101. So the basics, the fundamentals of how to plan a really good MFL lesson. The first episode was about how to start a lesson effectively and strongly. Then the second episode, I talked about introducing vocabulary and new language. And then in this episode, I'm going to be talking about listening and reading. In episode four, will be about speaking and writing. And then episode five, I'm going to be talking about how to finish a lesson effectively and strongly. If you haven't listened to episodes one and two, I suggest you pause this now and go back and listen to those two episodes because what I'm going to be talking about today I'm actually going to be building on what I talked about in episodes one and two so how to start the lesson and introduce vocabulary because they all kind of build on from each other and what I'm talking about today with listening tasks and reading tasks builds on from starting a lesson and introducing vocabulary So yeah, so if you haven't listened to those, I suggest you stop this, stop now and go back and listen to those first. Because yeah, I'm not going to be explaining the vocab type activities in detail in this episode because I went into quite a lot of depth uh, with them in the previous episode. I'll be talking about Lesson Planning 101 in a CPD session I'm doing on the 7th of May 2022. So if you listen to this episode when it comes out, you've just got time to sign up for this first Lesson Planning 101 CPD session. It's an all-day session on Saturday the 7th of May 2022. And I will be basically covering all the things I'm talking about in this mini-series but in a lot more depth and going through the tasks with you. Um, As I said in the previous episode, instead of me just waffling on, (laughs) trying to explain them to you, I will actually be doing the tasks and activities with you so you can see how they're done. And then you can implement them in your lessons immediately following on from that. Um, So yeah, so if you want to sign up to that, it's on my website, katelanguages.co.uk forward slash courses. And it's, uh, like I say, Lesson Planning 101. If you're listening to this too far in the future and you've missed that one, then do keep an eye on my website and my mailing list, which you can sign up to from my website, and also my social media, because I will be doing more of these sessions in the future. So just keep an eye out for when I'll actually be running them. And I'm going to be doing lots more CPD as well. So do, do keep an eye out for all of that. Okay, that's that. Let's have think about listening and reading activities. As I said, I'm not going to be going into a lot of detail about how to start a lesson and introduce vocabulary in this episode, because that's what I've talked about in the previous episodes. But I would just say that you need to get the students into your classroom and settle, doing a nice starter activity, go through that, and then do a vocab activity, which will set the students up for the listening and or reading that you're then going to do. So I think I've said this in previous episodes as well, you need to be starting with target language into English, so passive understanding of the language that you want them to know. You can't start by basically making them produce language that they haven't had much input. So they need to have as much input as possible before they can actually produce the language themselves. And that's where listening and reading comes in. So listening and reading are known as passive skills because you are 
understanding the language rather than active skills of speaking and writing where you're actually creating the language okay so if I use the word passive I'm not talking about a tense <laughs> but I'm talking about the skill in itself being a passive skill listening or reading so what I'm going to talk you through today um, is something that I feel works really really well and as with the other ones in the other episodes I talked about, I'm trying to give you ideas that are as kind of low prep and low fuss as possible. And the thing that I'm going to talk you through is how to use one text for lots and lots of different things. Okay, so instead of saying, right, I'm going to do a vocab activity on this, then I'm going to do a text. I mean, really, your vocab activity should be about the text that you're going to do otherwise it doesn't really make any sense um, you can't do like oh I'll just talk about pets again because that's what I talked about for the whole of the last episode uh, I don't know introduce 10 animals vo vocabulary and then do a text on school subjects so obviously it needs to be you know within <laughs> within the same topic and useful vocab for the listening and or reading that you're going to be doing so yeah, so bear that in mind so your vocab activity needs to relate to the text you need to be doing that to get them prepared you don't always have to do that. Um, it depends on the level of the students and it depends on lots of different factors. But I just think if you're practicing language and your your aim is for them to understand the language and then to be able to produce it, starting with a simple vocab activity of just, you know, words or short phrases, which will help prepare them for the listening and or reading is the ideal thing to do. That's that's my opinion on that. So then we have a text that we are going to exploit in as many ways as possible, as I say. So this can either be a listening activity that you've got from a textbook. Um, it could be something, you know, something that's recorded by somebody else for them to listen to. Depending on the level, again, this could be an authentic text or, you know, an authentic listening um, be aware that listening does tend to be very, very, very difficult for, for kind of lower, you know, beginners, etc. Um, if it is authentic. So if you're like, I'll just take something off the radio or, you know, a, a video or something like that, just be aware that that, if it's authentic, by which I mean created for native speakers, it might be too much. So anyway, it's up to you where you're going to get your text from. What you could also do is find a reading task um, that is appropriate for what you want to be teaching them and you can read that aloud yourself. So I think one of the biggest issues in languages teaching is finding really good listening tasks or li like listening activities that are already recorded and finding them for free is really really hard and I know like a lot of the textbooks the online things which a lot of schools do sign up for but they are exceptionally expensive so I know as a tutor I've really struggled with listening um, with my tutor with people I you know I'm tutoring because I can't sign up to <laughs> these uh, the, you know the textbooks online things because they're just insanely expensive so anyway yeah so either find a listening or a reading text that you are then going to read out yourself so we start off with the listening and no so they just they're just listening they don't see the text um, so it just starts off as a listening activity so as I say you've got some vocab to start with and then just some general questions to understand the gist of the listening so we're just starting off with kind of general comprehension you can move on to more like detailed questions after this as well 
again, depending on what you're focusing on, what you really want to be doing, you could do more detailed questions right from the start. But if we're thinking about exploiting one text as many ways as possible, I would recommend starting off with more general kind of comprehension questions. These could be questions in the in English, questions in the target language. Right, you know, you can have five sentences and they need to pick out which five, uh, I don't know, two or three out of those five sentences are true. You could put five false statements from the listening that they and they have to listen and correct them. You could put just five sentences, but with one word different. They just have to listen out to that. So just a general, general thing where they're listening and just doing a little bit of understanding to start with. You can also, from this, you, like I say, you can then do more uh, detailed questions if you want to, or you can leave that to do as a reading task. So once you've done that, a bit of general comprehension, got a bit of a, a general idea of what the listening is about, you could move on to a dictation. So if you're reading it aloud, that's easy. You can just read a couple of words, they write them down, you pause, you wait. You know, this, this could take quite a long time. Um, you might not want to do the whole text. It depends how long the text is. If it's a shorter text, this is fine. It works well. If it is a pre-recorded listening task, just make sure that, you know, you play a bit, you pause it, you can rewind it if they need you to. Um, and then, yeah, just basically do it in such a way that they have time to write it all down. Then you can show them the transcript. So if you do have a pre-recorded listening task, make sure you've got a transcript because otherwise you've got to this point and you're like, oh, I don't actually know what the transcript, transcript is. And for ease for yourself, like I say, low prep, low fuss, don't choose one that needs a transcript writing because that will take you ages and there's no point. There are so many listening tasks out there with transcripts. Even if you're looking at GCSE exams, look at like ancient past papers for one or something like that if you really, you know, if you need something with a transcript. Or like I say, choose a reading and then you've definitely got the transcript because you've got the text there in front of you. So yeah, doing a dictation and then show them the transcript. So you can either have this on your on the board or you could then maybe hand out a worksheet that's got the transcript as a reading text, then with some questions to do on the reading. So then we're narrowing in and narrowing in and deepening our understanding of the text. So here you could do some more detailed questions and there are so many different types of questions that you could be doing. Oh, and so, so they could be in English, they could be in the target language. You can have questions where they've got a choice, uh, multiple choice answers. You could do positive or negative or positive and negative. So this is a common one in the GCSE that's a really useful one to do. As long as the text has three time frames, you could get them to focus on what's in the past, what's in the present, what's in the future. You could do ones where you've written the beginning of a sentence, they have to fill in the end of the sentence um, with, you know, whatever the rest of the sentence says in the text. So if you've got, if you've done one listening task, you could then, for the reading, you could then add another one that's kind of similar, and then you could do a who said what. So, you know, your listening task plus another one, and then make up your questions like, you know, which one is, is from text A, which one is from text B. So I don't know, who says they love playing football? 
is it person A or person B? That that type of one. So there are so many different um, t tasks um, and activities that you can do. And as I was saying before, in the CPD online session, I'm going to go into this in a lot more detail to give examples and show you different types of ta uh, tasks. I mean, it might just be that this is, that there's a task in the textbook that you think that works fine, and just, you know, just use that one. Just be really aware of the different types of tasks that you can do and whether they fit with your text. So as I said, if you've got one where it's like past, present and future, but you don't have any future tense in the text, that's not going to work. If you, I don't know, positive, negative, positive and negative question, um, you need to have opinions in there. If you haven't got really clear positive opinions, negative opinions, or then somebody who says something that's positive and negative, again, you can't do that as your question. Also be really, really aware that some of them are so quick and easy to just guess. So you will come across students who literally don't care about <laughs> trying to understand the text. I know that sounds awful, but it is, it's true. And they'll just go through and they'll be like, oh, whatever. I mean, I've seen kids literally like true and false and like, I'll just write true for everything and I've probably got a 50-50 chance of getting them right. Like, I'll get half of them right. I don't really care. In that case, when you're doing, I mean, in the exams, whatever, you know, that's their problem if they can't be bothered to work out what the questions mean. If you're doing them in class to practice, what you need to be doing is making sure they are working through it in more depth and saying why. So if it's true and false, why is this one true? Where is the information in the text that tells you that this statement is true according to the text? If it's false, you need to correct the false statements, for example. If, I don't know, if you've got two texts and it's like, is it person A saying this or person B? You need them to highlight or copy out or show which part of that text tells you that it's person A or person B. Now, they might be doing this wrong and they might still get them wrong. And actually, that tells you quite a lot as well, because then you're, you as a teacher can see where the misconceptions are, where the misunderstandings are. And things like that so that actually works really really well as well so then when you're going through the answers you don't just go right this is a true false question number one true number two false number three true you're actually then going through and saying right number one is true who can show me in the text where you know what it is and again then you're just working through in much more details zoning in zooming in on specific sentences and parts of the text so that they're understanding in more depth I would then always say, no matter like how much you've done with the text, get them to translate it into English. Okay, translation is in the exam, in the, is in the GCSE exam, and it shows that they have understood it to a, a deeper level. So yeah, so I would always say once you have done the vocab activity to set it up. A general question, you know, general comprehension questions, listening before they even see the text, a dictation, if time allows, uh, I mean, maybe not every single time because they might get a bit fed up with that, show them the transcript, do another um, question as like a reading task with more detailed questions, and then translate the text into English, and then go through the translation with them as well. So one of the things 
about everything I've said, it's all self-marking as well. So you don't need to then take in their books and mark it all, okay? And you want to be marking it as they're going along, as I was saying before, to understand the misconceptions and the misunderstandings. What you can then do if you've got a really good text is use it to scaffold writing and or speaking activities. And that's on what I'm going to be talking about in the next episode. So, a bit of a whistle-stop tour there of how to use one text for listening and reading and exploit it in as much depth as you possibly can. I'm fully aware there are lots and lots of other ways of doing listening and reading activities, but I just felt like I needed to focus on one, give you one thing that you can do. And you can do this with every level in every lesson because it's, yeah, you just change it depending on the level and the topic and the language and everything. But it's a basis for you then jumping off and being able to to do other things with the text. So like I say, hopefully that is helpful and something that you can start implementing in your lessons immediately. As always, I'd love your feedback on this. So you can get in touch with me via my website, katelanguages.co.uk. I am at katelanguages on Instagram, Facebook and Twitter. And if you could like subscribe and review the podcast it just helps people to know that it's out there and helps other people with their mfl lesson planning which would be really really fabulous if you could do that until next week au revoir adios hasta luego auf wiedersehen bye